Contracts and Cocktails. We are your hosts, Jess, Corey, and Pat. And today we're going to be covering uh, multiple offers. Um, good, bad, ugly, do's, don'ts, maybe, of uh, what, th- basically the, the whole thing. Um, as a lot of you have probably heard or been involved in uh, multiple offer situations for homes and all that good jazz. So, um, we actually just had it happen, so that's why kind of why we wanted to touch on it. A uh, home that we had listed for sale went went live on a Saturday, got like three showing requests or something like that for that Sunday. Eleven. Right. <laughs> oh, I was talking about that night, that Saturday night. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like we made it live. Sure. We made it live on a Saturday, like almost afternoon, Yeah. right? And then... Only that night we had only gotten like a couple, mm-hmm. and I was freaking out naturally. <laughs> and uh, then that Sunday morning they started pouring in. Yep. Um, but we had seventeen showings total. Total um, between Sunday and Monday, we ended up canceling once for Monday because we ended up accepting an offer Monday. Um, but from the showings on Sunday, we received seven offers. Which is insane. I was not expecting that many offers. I was expecting like two, maybe <laughs> maybe three, and I would have been excited about that. But um, for, so from the seller side, like great multiple offers. Oh my gosh, that's good, great, great, and wonderful. The downside to that is okay. So you guys get to like in this scenario. Thankfully, they came decently with enough time in between, so like mm-hmm. you could have time to process them. Yeah, but like. Sometimes you get seven, like, within 45 minutes of each other. And it's like, holy crap. Now, like, the downside for sellers is you have to decide. And most people are emotional whenever they're doing it. You know, yeah, it kind of, it's all about the dollars and cents sometimes. But from sellers, it's an emotional thing because some people write love letters. Like, mm-hmm. I tell my buyers, if we're going into that, write a love letter. Because yeah. most people are emotional, not you know, yes, like the money needs to be there too, but I've won offers based on a love letter that my buyers have written and we were not the highest offer. Mm -hmm. So, um, or at least make sure your agent is having a productive conversation on your behalf. If you're the buyer, mm -hmm. um, in cases past, we've had agents just like send over offers with like no body in their email. Like, they're just, like, attachments, or they're just, like, forwarding no it from dot .loop or DocuSign or whatever. Like, no explanation, no, like, hi, here's our offer. Just, mm-hmm. like, f- forwarded an email. Like, I mean, if the terms were good, like, that's one thing. Like, it's it's fine. It's not like we're going to say no just because of that. But, like, if your agent's not fighting for you mm-hmm. and trying to present your offer in the best way, like, that's not going to help. In a multiple offer situation. Right. (laughs) Well, so I'll break it down into, uh, so that I'm not, we aren't hopping all over the place. Let's go sellers first and then to buyers. Sure. So from the seller side, since we were talking about it, seven offers. um, Nobody wrote a love letter, which was interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and ended up going, well, I won't say it because it, you're not supposed to. So I'll hold off for those people who may want to check out. Yeah. I can tell them after it closes, but anyway. We will have a follow-up episode. <laughs> if you want to know more, please feel free to check back in however many days. Um, so we uh, negotiated that. Um, one person, one person, and everybody knew that there were multiple offers, mm -hmm. right? Because people called, the people who wrote offers, almost everybody called and asked mm -hmm. to see if there were multiple offers or texted or whatever. Um, so I tell people, yes, you know, you don't have to, nothing says that you have to let other people know. Right. Um, but I tell people, yes, like, because I don't want for people to be like, oh, well, we would have offered more had we known. Okay. Why not just tell everybody, give everybody a level playing field, send us your best offer and whatever it is, is totally fine. It's not going to offend me. If that's what you feel is fair, fine. Great. Wonderful. Um, so we negotiated that. So with multiple offers from the seller side, mm -hmm. what is what I focus on is um, stressing the importance of, yeah, sale price is great, but concessions mm -hmm. and like the little additional stuff, that's something you really need to take into effect because of appraisals. Gotcha! Because we just got slapped and not slapped in the face, but that just happened on a deal that we have, we have the buy side of it. Um, an appraisal came in. Say, whoa. 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 <laughs> it was, it was low. The lowest I've seen, um, which you would think is great. We'll go into that on the buy side of it. But um, the sellers, you need to think of, okay, maybe they're asking for closing costs. Okay, fine. You know, if, but if an appraisal comes in low, mm -hmm. You're supposed to just negotiate the price, the sale price. Everything ends up getting negotiated again. But, um, you know, closing date, loan commitment date, uh, financing yeah. plays a big part. Like, I'm sorry, FHA. I bought my house FHA, so I'm not slamming FHA. But if you have a conventional loan, it's less risky than an FHA loan because FHA appraisers will likely have more dings on a house than a conventional mm -hmm. loan, typically. Now, maybe not. Maybe it's a beautiful house that has everything right with it, but, you know, that's kind of whatever. Um, what else am I missing from the sell side? Like things to look for in multiple offers. Like, they're great, but you also, it gets tiring after a while. Yeah, it's just a lot to review the pros and cons of each offer. Mm -hmm. Um, beyond just sale price, like you said, concessions, financing, maybe even who the agent is. Yeah. If you ages. have a good or bad experience with one agent over another, maybe. Uh, and I'm not steering with it. No. But I tell my clients because it is in their best interest. Right. If I know somebody, I'm like, hey, I've worked with these people before, or right. I know them from real estate. This is a, they are great people. Mm -hmm. Naturally, I know that they talk to their clients and prep their clients, therefore making it a smoother transaction. Right. That is why I tell my sellers that it's not, oh, we should work with them because, you know, I like them. They're my best friends. No. That has nothing to do with it. It's not, <laughs> it's not a clicky thing. Mm -mm. It's because I know that it's going to be beneficial for my sellers. Right. 
So that's where it's coming at from the sell side on that one. And it is. It's a lot to process. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I got exhausted. I'm like, man, <laughs> I don't want any more offers. I'm tired of looking at offers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Humble brag. Hashtag humble brag. Hashtag. Uh, nice. Yeah, right? <laughs> Takes me back to like the Jimmy Fallon, like, uh, hey, Jimmy, hashtag shut up. That's funny. That's a funny clip. Anyway, if you haven't watched it, go see it. Uh, from the buy side, though, <laughs> buy side buyers, you should really be in tune with what your agent is conveying to the other agent. Mm-hmm. So um, your agent should be asking you a lot of questions. Should be. Um, you know, if you get into multiple offer situations, I always call. I always call. I don't care if the house has been sitting on the market for 110 days. Because it's happened where it's been sitting for 110 days. And I call the agent. I'm like, so do you have any other offers? Yeah, we do. I'm like, okay. So, like, hypothetically, if I wrote. Right. This is how I see if agents are lying. I'm like, hypothetically, if I wrote an offer that said that I'm going to offer an offer up to some price, which is called an escalation clause. As an escalator, not. Anyway, I probably mumbled that word. Um it's going to escalate over somebody's offer. Uh, but I want to see mm-hmm. that bona fide offer that we just bid over to make sure that my, you're not lying, which agents do. And, you know, trying to get us just to write an offer without an escalation clause that makes them prove that they have that offer. So that's a really long in-depth one. <laughs> Example one. Um, <laughs> I would write a love letter, you know. I've had buyers write love letters and they don't get it. I understand, like, that happens. Right, if the numbers just aren't there, that's one thing. But if you it's know. close. Yeah, I mean, it does sway people. Um, closing date, like, myself, I, whenever I call, and you know it, we've talked about it, I've mentioned it to Corey now since he's going to start getting into it, you always call and try and make it as easy as possible for the sellers, mm-hmm. especially if there's multiple offers. Figure out what are they looking for? When do they want to close? You know, what's it, what is important to the seller? Right. Because I'm going to curtail my offer as much as I can within what's comfortable for my buyer to make sure that we make the most appealing offer possible. Um, you know, who knows? I, so that's, I basically incorporated all my other points into <laughs> that little point. Um, but as as well as like the questions that an agent should be asking the buyer for like how they want to write their offer and everything, they should also be advising. Mm-hmm. Um, so should make a phone call so you know there's multiple offers. Okay, cool. Now your client wants to, you know, either they know what price they want to offer or they're asking you for advice on what price to offer. I don't want to say like every single situation this is the case, but if you if there's multiple offers for a house that's been on the market for like a day, chances are if you write an offer that's under list price, it's not going to be considered. Mm-hmm. Right, wrong, or indifferent, like that's just a general rule of thumb that agents should know and should advise their clients. Like if that's if your client is still just like nah, you know what, I still want to offer this. Like by all means, go for it. Yeah, but like. <clears throat> you're the advisor in this situation. Like you need to be telling your clients what's probably going on, how it's going to be received. Like they need to know what they don't know. That's true. 
and agents, it is okay to tell your clients no. Yeah. To write a low offer like day one. Like, I get it. Yes, I am looking out for your best interest. But I'm also, this is my career. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tarnish my career because, you know, little buyer wants to offer lower because that's what his, his her, whoever's parents said to do or that's what you want to do. Right. You know, because, oh, well, what if they're lying? It's, I get it. However, I have to sell that to the listing agent. Mm-hmm. So that's a super fun conversation. It's like, hey, sorry um, that this is low. That's just what my buyer feels is uh, appropriate for this house. This $20,000 under list price offer that, you know, has horrendous, you know, requests from the seller. It's That hasn't happened like that bad. But I have told people, I'm like, listen, I'm going to be in this for a while. I don't want people to hate me. Right. You I'm know, not about f- to get a reputation for writing offensive offers. Right. Sorry. Because that doesn't help my future clients down the road. Mm-hmm. That's why it's important to be nice. You know. Duh. <laughs> um, that's kind of it. I mean, yeah, the only other thing I have is making sure that your agent knows how to write an offer, mm-hmm. which I guess is not really like an easily vettable thing. Like... You, as a buyer, probably don't really know if blanks are filled out appropriately or not. Yep. But, like, you should probably read it. Read the sale contract you're writing. Because, like, even if we know a contract is written, like, poorly, incorrectly, lazily, you name it. Sometimes our sellers know it, too. When mm-hmm. we send it over for them to review, they're like, wait a second, this doesn't add up. And we didn't even tell them anything. Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe make sure that your agent knows how to write a good offer because that will also be a huge factor in a multiple offer situation. Well, toot our own horns. It's because <laughs> we educate our buyers and sellers and we have the consultations, which we've talked about before. Yeah. So our sellers kind of know what to look for. Maybe it's been a hot minute since they've, right. you know, sold a house. Well, if you're looking at seven back to back, you're still, you're going to figure out one. One of them looks a little weird. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it does. It makes a huge difference in... who I want to work with Mm -hmm. personally. Um, Oh, one that we did want to touch on. I remember it now. Um, If your agent is also your lender, it's super scary for sellers, which I, this is the first time I've seen it in all my years (laughs) of being licensed. Um, I I want to know if we're crazy for thinking that's weird or not. Like, can we do a poll with our podcast? Yeah. I would think (laughs) we can. Um, if you think it's weird, go ahead and comment, like, yeah, post. Yeah. I don't know. It's maybe we'll just make it our Insta story. Sure. Um, that would be a good one. <laughs> and, but it's, yeah, somebody was the agent was the lender. I'm like, what it is going so on here? Weird. But okay. And also I won't go into like the finer details, but the way that he wrote the offer was lazy and the, the pre-approval um, didn't match it, the offer. Yeah, it, it was, was confusing. Really odd. <laughs> so it it brought up a lot of questions from the sellers because they're yeah. like, they caught it. I didn't even have to say anything. They caught it, and I say caught it. I tell them we're sending them over. I break it down for them. I'm like, hey, here's this, this, this. Here's you know, here's your greens. Here's your reds. Here's your overall green. Here's what you would end up making. That's how we break it down whenever we send it to sellers. Also, take a look at the entire offer because it's important. 
Um, so I attach everything, give them all the information. But did that for this one. I didn't. I don't break down who the lender is and mm -hmm. all that jazz. Um, but they were like, uh, is the agent the lender? I'm like, yes, yes, that is correct. And they're like, that's weird, right? <laughs> like, I don't see it, but maybe it is, maybe it isn't. So, and then they, the same conversation, they were like, wait a second, like this pre-approval says something different. Like they were literally like, I don't understand. And we were like, we don't really know what to tell you either. So what we're talking about, um, real quick and then we'll probably just wrap it up, but um, one of the stipulations on the pre-approval said that this buyer was to request $4,500 in closing costs and their offer, okay, one portion of it, um, one portion of the weird things on this. Obviously, you're noticing it. this is just like a what? Almost like a horror story had we probably accepted it. But um, pre-approval said to ask for $4,500, I guess basically get it. Um, they only asked for $2,500, which is like Yahoo!, on the sell so, side, yeah. but then you start thinking, and it's like, okay, so are they gonna try and hit us in inspections and ask for an additional two grand? Or is this financing not gonna come together because they didn't get what they needed? Right, which is another big, so multiple offers are tricky, even for sellers. Mm -hmm. um, it takes time and patience to go through and you can't rush it. So whether you're on the buy side or the sell side, it's tough no matter what. And I don't care how good of an agent it is, multiple offers are always tough. Yeah, I hate losing. I do too. <laughs> I don't know who likes losing. That's a... But it boils down to... Oh, hmm. okay. Sorry. Yeah. I mean... No, you're not wrong. <laughs> I do enjoy losing in that aspect, mm -hmm. but I don't like losing out on bidding wars. As long as I know that... Flaunting it together, I guess. <laughs> well, I don't want to... I want my clients to lose out because it's typically a house that they love and then you got to tell them, listen, it all happens for a reason. The next house that... The house that you get is the house that you're supposed to get. There's a reason that you didn't have this house, but for whatever cosmic reason... Whatever. So, I digress. Yeah. I ramble. We are moving on. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. We will hit you guys up next week for another episode. Woot woot. Signing off. Okay, bye. <laughs>